There is a famous question that Dallas Smythe, a Canadian political economist of communication, asked. What do media make? He was thinking particularly of commercial, advertiser-funded media like television. What does a television station make? The first answer that might spring to mind is television programs. News, drama, reality TV. And okay, sure, people go to work at TV stations and make this kind of content. But, Smythe suggests, think again. The shows you see on TV are not really the product, he says. The real answer to the question, what do media make, is audiences. The product being bought and sold is not television shows, it's audience attention, your attention. The money that flows into commercial media organisations like television, newspapers and now social media platforms comes from advertisers. And those advertisers are purchasing the attention, or in the industry terminology, eyeballs, of audience members. Watching TV or scrolling through Facebook is free, and so the industry phrase goes, if you're not paying for it, then you are the product. Smythe suggested that if audience attention was being bought and sold, then audience members were labourers in the media system. Watching television or scrolling through feeds on social media is a kind of work, the work of watching. The work of watching involves the act of paying attention, most importantly watching advertisements and understanding them. When audiences watch advertisements, they gain knowledge about and form desires for and learn to classify brands, products and services. Audience members learn how to incorporate brands and products into their identities and lifestyles, and then they go and buy them. When we buy the products that we see advertised in the media, we are effectively funding the media. When you buy a can of Coke, Part of the money you pay flows back into the media system in the form of advertising revenue, which in turn funds the media content you consume and the platforms that you use. In the era of social media platforms, audiences also undertake the work of being watched. This work takes two forms, user-generated content and user-generated data. Users generate content when they translate their lives into media that others consume. When audiences participate on reality and lifestyle TV, upload photos to social media, comment on news stories and so on, they undertake the productive activity of producing and circulating media content. Their lives and social world become an integral part of the content that others watch. Users generate data where they submit to forms of monitoring and surveillance. As audiences watch, scroll and tap on social media platforms, they produce data about their interests, their preferences, practices, moods and movements. This data is used to produce and sell a much more refined audience commodity to advertisers. Audiences also generate content by judging and promoting content, products, services and experiences. They do the work of communicating their judgments and tastes to others. This promotional work involves rating and ranking products, places and experiences, expressing tastes and preferences and displaying our consumption of goods and services within the images that we post to social media. With the broadcast media of the 20th century, like television and radio, advertisers could only buy large audiences that met broad demographic criteria. This meant that they paid for a lot of wasted eyeballs. 
On social media platforms, however, advertisers can purchase the specific audience members that they want to reach, including in the specific times and places they want to reach them. The highly refined audience commodity that social media platforms like Facebook can produce is what makes them so valuable and profitable compared to the broad audiences that television produce and sell. If you have a Facebook account, then the whole time you've been using it, Facebook has been translating all of your actions into data that it uses to create a set of preferences that it attaches to you. Think about these preferences like this. These are a product of the work of being watched. You have always had interests and preferences, but when you start expressing them on Facebook, they acquire a value. You are doing the work of converting your interests into data that Facebook can use to sell your attention to advertisers. The preferences that Facebook creates for you are used to shape the kind of promoted posts or advertisements that you're shown in your newsfeed. Facebook has a function that allows you to view how ads are delivered to you based on your preferences. BuzzFeed has a useful explainer on how to find them called Here's How to Find What Facebook Thinks You Like. Let's go through it. Go to the menu of options, which is in the top right of the browser or the bottom left of the app, and click Settings. On the app, you'll need to then hit Account Settings. Then scroll down and select Adverts. You'll see up the top, there's a section called Your Interests. This is a list of all the preferences that Facebook has assigned you. Advertisers pay to target you based on these preferences. So you've got a list there of stuff that Facebook thinks you like, and that it tells advertisers that you like. I have 65 food and drink categories, 43 lifestyle and culture, 46 news and entertainment interests, and so on. Have a look at yours and see if you can figure out what Facebook associates with you. If I go through my 65 food and drink interests, what do I see? Some of them are quite general. Beer, wine, coffee, others more specific, like Scotch whiskey or a particular Scotch whiskey brand, Lafrague. If you hover your mouse or hold your finger over the preference, Facebook will tell you why they associate this preference with you. If I hover over coffee, it says, you have this preference because we think that it may be relevant based on what you do on Facebook or pages that you've liked or clicked. That's true. I do like some of my local cafes on Facebook, but it's also incredibly vague, and in that sense, it's basically misleading. Firstly, there would be specific pages or clicks that made Facebook make this judgment, so why not tell me exactly? Secondly, I guess there would be a relative strength value assigned to this preference, so I'm sure Facebook could determine how much I liked coffee compared to others based on how many likes, clicks or times I mentioned coffee in posts or messages. I do talk about coffee on Facebook a bit, mostly taking friends at a hipster coffee snob friend of mine from Melbourne. So it's right. But Facebook are not really telling me why they know it's right. Okay, so then you'll see there's a little X in the corner of each interest on the browser, or in the app, three dots in the bottom right, where you can remove the interest. Basically, tell Facebook that they're wrong. This is not a preference of yours. This is kind of amusing. Facebook present this as giving users control over the ads that they see. And the public argument that Facebook 
and other advertisers and platforms make about targeted advertising is that it's better for consumers because you see more ads for products that you like and that are relevant to you. But think about this. It would be a very peculiar kind of person who takes the time to edit their Facebook ad preferences to make sure that they're seeing the most relevant ads possible on the platform. You'll see that Facebook explains to you on this page that if you remove all of your preferences, it does not actually mean you will see less advertisements. It means you'll see less relevant advertisements. Actually, that's got me kind of curious. So I'm going to go through and remove all my preferences except alcohol and coffee and see what happens. It's an irritating thing to do because you have to unclick every preference individually, which for me is about 400 preferences. As I go through them, some are kind of peculiar. Facebook says that they think I'm a late technology adopter based on what I do on Facebook and that they also know that I'm a Windows user. Okay, I am. But it prompts the question, how would that piece of information be used by an advertiser? Others say that I'm interested in family-based households and fermentation-based food processing. I think that means I like probiotics, yogurt and beer. So will this mean that I get heaps of alcohol and coffee ads, random ads, or that Facebook will generate me new preferences? Okay, so I've deleted a bunch of these preferences and I thought you could maybe undo them, just switch them off and switch them back on, but you can't. Once you delete them, they're gone, just so you know. So I've gone from about, you know, 400 preferences to about 50 and they're all related to coffee and alcohol. Okay, so this is future me jumping in to update you. I checked back about a year later now, and unsurprisingly, Facebook just went about, over the past year, reassembling all my preferences. I'm back up again to about 400, and they're mostly the same as the ones I used to have. The lesson here is that if you keep using Facebook, it keeps learning about you. It keeps assigning you preferences. There's no way to use Facebook without doing the work of being watched. Facebook's wager is that we want targeted ads because they annoy us less. Their data tells them that's right too. And if I look back at the ads I clicked on in my personal archive, which I downloaded a little while ago, it's true. I do click on the ads, even if I don't realise I am. I click on something like one ad every couple of days. Importantly though, this is a kind of preschool version of what's going on. This kind of ad targeting is based simply on your specifically expressed preferences. It doesn't take account of the more subtle contextual factors like where you are or what a friend is doing or the places that you've been going that Facebook increasingly allows brands to include in their advertising targeting. Notice too that the kind of information these preferences are based on, pages you clicked, ads you clicked, are not included in the Facebook archive that you can download. Having viewed and maybe even deleted some of your ad preferences, you might begin to notice how they shape your newsfeed. I realise that I see a lot of promoted posts relating to coffee on a Saturday morning. Nearly every Saturday, I see a post like this from my local cafe. They're doing their ad targeting, I'd say. The dude who runs it looks like he's pretty on top of it, and that wouldn't surprise me. The platform is telling us it has data about our activities, but it doesn't make that data available to us to download. This little experiment tells us something about the work of being watched. Our everyday use of Facebook might be enjoyable to us, 
but it also doubles as work in that it creates valuable data that enables Facebook's advertising model to function. This is the work of being watched, of allowing the platform to turn our everyday lives into data that makes us available for sale to advertisers.